You're listening to Passion Pod 21 with Nick Tocker of Symbiotic Solutions. If you had to sum up what Symbiotic Solutions are or do... I suppose essentially we're a recycling company working in a number of sectors. The core business is recycling, construction and demolition waste to allow it to be reused on site. But also I look at municipal waste generated at music festivals and outside events. So quite big scale stuff. Yes, typically construction projects we could be dealing with hundreds of thousands of tonnes of material, be it concrete or contaminated soils. Music festivals, you're looking at hundreds of tonnes of, of waste at large events. How did earth do you get into something like that? I worked, um, I got a job with a friend of mine when I finished at university. Was it something you've always been interested in? It, the environment and recycling, yes. But no, it's, it wasn't a sort of planned career path. A friend of mine offered me a job. I went and worked for, for the firm he worked for. And that was involving recycling soils, primarily on the Olympic site. From there, I, I worked on a number of contracts. And then after about five years of working for them, I decided to set up my own business. So finance-wise, you made it work to start with by being employed by someone else. Yeah, yeah, I funded the startup myself with essentially money that I'd saved while working for someone else. I still did a lot of freelance work for the company, so that certainly that guaranteed my new company a certain revenue stream. So what's going on right now for you? What, what's happening with Symbiotic Solutions right at the moment? Right now I'm focusing on the music festivals because it's the summer season. Construction is fairly quiet in London where my main market is due to the Olympics and various restrictions. So I'm really out and about at events. I've got six festivals of varying sizes booked in for this summer and there'll be more to come. I deal with the waste management and recycling on the sites. So it might sound like fun working at festivals. I don't think I've got the worst contracting role there. There's one worse. Doesn't take too many to guess what that one is. No, but we're, we're a fairly close second. It can be a fairly messy job. Certainly weather doesn't help and often you have to live on site. You know, a music festival lasts typically three days. A large music event can take three to four weeks to uh, tidy up afterwards. So being a small business, you personally, are you there for the entire of that time? No, definitely be on site during event days on the basis that that's the most important time because that's when... My customers, customers are there, so you can't um, afford to have any mistakes during that, that period. During the post-event clear-up, no, I wouldn't be on site full-time. It wouldn't be a productive use of my time. I have other contracts to run and, and future work to try and find. Well, was it something that you saw there was a need to do, the festival recycling? Um, I was contacted by a large national waste management company who were providing waste disposal services to, to the music and event industry more and more there's a there's a driver from the public and certainly the artists as well to make festivals greener at a lot of the festivals the, the crowd are very conscious of it and and staff get stopped on site and often asked about the recycling and the you know the rates um there's certain certain festivals where the crowd are less interested and um aren't going to help but they, they do have an impact on the environment there is a a lot of transportation to bring together a city for three days in the middle of a field and then take it away. So there is a driver from the public to make that greener. And I was asked to bring some ideas to the table with regards to the recycling of the festival waste rather than simply landfilling it. Was that something you were quite excited by? Yes. It's something that I wasn't familiar with. Although I recycle waste, soil and concrete and demolition waste is very different to the the kind of waste, food waste and municipal waste essentially that's generated at a festival. But you can adapt technologies and techniques and, and machinery to work in that environment and that's essentially what I've done. I'm getting more work out of it so I must be 
doing something right. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, but I think it's that thing as well, is it's marrying up the experience you've had and something that you actually feel quite passionate about. Yes, it does marry two ideas. And also, for a number of years, I've attended music festivals and events as a customer. So it's nice to be able to integrate that with my working life and with my passion for the environment. So it's, it's married three things to, to hopefully bring something to the market that is beneficial for the environment and not at a cost to the customer. The idea is my recycling service essentially pays for itself by the materials recovered from the waste stream. Materials such as metal drinks cans, plastic drinks bottles, they have a value once they're pure and they've been processed and that I can sell that on. Whereas landfilling, everything costs a lot of money. Also, there's a lot of tax involved. It's £64 a tonne, purely taxed to landfill something. You've also got to pay the landfill and for the haulage. Whereas aluminium drinks cans are worth in the region of £800 a tonne. But also, it is more beneficial to the environment? By yes, hugely like so. All the recycling that I do, we try and close the loop on the product. Um, aluminium cans I sent to the only UK-based smelter. Within six weeks of you drinking your can of, uh, of beer at a music festival, if we've recycled it, we'll be back on the shelf as another can of beer in, in the UK. Six weeks? That's seriously quick, isn't it? Yeah, they, they can turn it around very quickly. Um, likewise, with all the plastic I sell, I uh, sell to a UK-based uh, processor who again turns the bottles back into plastic bottles for use in the UK, uh, reducing the carbon further. It's so exciting, though, because when you say it like that, I mean, I obviously know nothing about your industry, but why wouldn't you do it like that if it's going to make such a difference? Do you know what I mean? I yeah, the, there's reasons people don't do it. Well, it's, it, it takes effort and, and, and labour, but it's something we're going to be forced into both by economic drivers, the government increasing landfill tax, and also by social drivers. Um, younger generations are, are much more aware of the environment and realise that we need to operate in a sustainable manner. And that, that comes down not only to our work lives, but also when we go and have fun at the weekend. So business will only grow, forced by those two drivers. Um, and also our natural resources are, are dwindling and we need to be more conscientious about the way we use them. We work with volunteers. We typically have a good number of them that the promoter provides at the events for, for litter picking and a certain amount of recycling. And um, they work alongside our, our paid staff who have perhaps got more experience and can lead them. Some of the volunteers are purely there to get a free ticket to the festival, but a lot of them are there because they want to help with the recycling. Is that the kind of thing that is inspiring you to do this stuff? Yes. The environmental um, impact that the waste industry has has traditionally been negative and it needs to start to be turned around, push it in the right direction. For every tonne of waste that we can recover and recycle, um, there's a huge carbon saving that varies I won't go into statistics depending on the product but aluminium is hugely carbon intense to produce yeah the, the bigger picture um, certainly pushes me along but also one has to uh, remember that you're running a business um, and you have to be conscientious of cost and general business principles as well as, as your overriding passion you have to marry those th two things together that's quite a challenge in itself if you believe really heartily in what the core of your business is, finding the balance between the two. Yes, you, you can't run a business on an ideology and Rome wasn't built in a day. And to introduce new ideas, you have to do that slowly and show people that it works. By doing that, you gain people's trust and they can see that recycling does work and is not a nuisance. If you went in head first and implemented everything at once, there would be problems and people would probably not believe in what you were doing. As all, all these things will be, traditionally we've had there has been no reason to recycle and people haven't seen that. 
I'm sure in 10, 15 years' time, everything will be recycled much more efficiently. But that, that process doesn't happen overnight, and it's people's way of thinking has got to change. But as, as people are brought up in this environment of recycling, the younger generations start becoming adults, I think it will, will become easier. What do you think your biggest challenges have been? I started up fairly shortly before the recession, so the financial climate has definitely been challenging. But in a certain aspect, it's easier for me because I've got very low overheads and less staffing costs, whereas established businesses have much bigger overheads and that's um, a a problem for them. So I can circumnavigate some of those problems and keep my costs lower, which is very attractive to clients at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose running a small company, you, you look at every side of it. When I was employed by someone else, you know, I had a certain role contract management and, and technical advising other people when you run your own business you have to do everything so suddenly you become the accountant the salesman the contract manager the technical man so my week is very varied because it takes me from attempting to win contracts the sales side of things preparing the tenders preparing technical strategies for dealing with projects to, to running projects on on construction sites and and festival sites um a lot of the the Contract management, the technical side, is something that I learned through working for the other job. The administrative roles, when I worked for another company, um, various people would pick up pieces for me behind me and sort out paperwork. Now there's no one there to pick them up. No, I have to do them now, so it's made me much more organised and responsible, really, because before I would maybe focus on things that I wanted to do and drop things that I didn't want to do, knowing that, that I could delegate them to someone else. Now I don't have that option. So that you learn very quickly, obviously. You know, I take advice, I have an accountant, but um, a lot of the day-to-day running you do yourself when you're starting up a small business because you want to keep costs to a minimum. And that really is a case of learning as you go. And Do you find that a challenge, the element of time management with that? It can be tricky. When it rains, it pours, work tends to, to come in. And a lot of my work is seasonal. Also, the construction work is, is typically fairly seasonal. So, yeah, it, it can be a problem that you, you're undertaking a huge amount of work in a small space of time and then you have quieter periods do you have any tips on how to deal with something like that yeah work more hours but don't work when you're unproductive at some point you've got to stop working you've got to go to sleep because otherwise you won't be doing the work to a standard that's satisfactory so you just have to be be fairly sensible i suppose it helps me the fact that that music festivals tend to be at the weekends when my the other side of my business is 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 not happening so it does mean you work seven days a week over this period but um that's something if you're pursuing your own thing sometimes you have to make sacrifices trying to take advice from people who uh who have sensible advice to offer you and have done similar things well selective advice yeah that's key it's like um searching for data on the internet there's a lot of lot of information out there and you've got to choose information that you think is uh, valuable to you and uh, helpful you're going to make mistakes everyone's going to make mistakes in their life but you just have to continue and learn from those mistakes if you were to give someone advice if they were thinking about setting up something similar to this make sure you know the industry that you're moving into for me having worked in it for someone else was very useful i knew the industry and i had contacts there if you just have an idea and you research it from a back seat i think you could be in for a shock but that doesn't mean you can't do it but seek advice from people within that industry maybe try and get a job in there even if it's voluntary temporary just to see inside another business that's doing a similar thing not that i'm suggesting you go in there and steal their ideas or their staff but it is important to understand it and yeah i think be prepared to work hard and put the hours in being your own boss doesn't mean you can get up when you want. And uh, Sometimes it does. Yeah, and have days <laughs> up when you want. He says with a big smile on his face.
<laughs> on the Thursday afternoon. If I said tomorrow you could be employed by someone doing this, like, yes. would you prefer to be running your own company? Yes, definitely. Why do you think that is? It does give you more freedom. You can steer things the way that you want them and I can drive the business forward where I want to see it going. It's not always easy. Don't expect to give yourself a huge salary when you start up. You've got to keep costs tight unless you've got a lot of outside investment and they're happy for you to draw a big salary. You might draw quite a small salary. But you're always looking to the future and and trying to push things forward. So you've got to keep that in the forefront of your mind. You've been listening to Passion Pod 21 with Nick Tocker of Symbiotic Solutions.